0: Now, the government's been defeated in the House of Lords over a controversial part of the Brexit legislation. The internal market bills, it's called, which ministers insist, is crucial for frictionless trade at the end of the transition period. And it would allow Number 10 to essentially override parts of the Brexit withdrawal agreement. Although ministers have admitted that this would mean breaking international law. Meanwhile, the UK and EU officials have resumed talks in London on a post-Brexit trade deal. They've been trying to work through what they say are still significant differences on fishing quotas and competition issues jill rutter is a senior research fellow for the think tank uh, uk in a changing europe she's also an expert on policy making processes in government and she started off by telling me how things had played out in the house of lords in the lead up to the vote
1: so we've had a sort of lineup of what you might call sort of conservative grandees uh, particularly lawyers. So, for example, Michael Howard, former leader of the Conservative Party, former Home Secretary, Lord Mackay of Clash-Fern, he used to be a Conservative Lord Chancellor. They've just been saying this bill is completely unacceptable. Uh, Michael Howard made comments about the government said it will only break law the law when it's expedient to do so, he said, but that's what lawbreakers always say. So I think you can get the tone from that. Then we've had uh, serried ranks of bishops, uh, other very distinguished lawyers, Lord Panic and others. So it's really been a roll call of the great and good of the House of Lords coming down and the government basically like a tonne of bricks.
0: Well, that's what the, the House of Lords, to a certain extent, is supposed to do. It's supposed to, you know, scrutinise government's behaviour and government's proposals isn't it so was this level of criticism unexpected or not
1: i think we've been pretty much on notice we always knew that uh, that these clauses that they're debating we're going to come in from a very rough ride. The House of Lords, when they debated the bill, you know, the principles of the bill at second reading were absolutely clear that they thought this was a very bad move by the government, unacceptable. They made this decision to vote earlier than otherwise uh, on this. Um, uh, they could have left it to report stage. That's when they usually consider amendments. But they decided to bring that forward to sort of signal their dislike of these provisions. Um, I think the moment Michael Howard and and Lord Lamont, two well-known Brexit-supporting Conservative peers, made clear that they thought this was unacceptable and the government knew it was in for a bad day. So so we will see. The interesting question, as always with the House of Lords, is whether the House of Lords uh, ends up standing its ground against government and really delaying the legislation. Because what normally happens with the House of Lords is they will strike the clauses out, goes back to the Commons. The government has said already that it will reinstate the clauses that the Lords have struck out, then goes back to the House of Lords again. In that process, we call ping pong. So the interesting question is, does that ping pong match last for a really long time? Quite often, the Lords might send it back again, but eventually caves, because the Lords do know that ultimately they are not the elected chamber. But this is just mm-hmm. the sort of issue that they might think actually we're standing up for the UK's international reputation. We are actually going to stand our ground. But this might all become, you know, irrelevant because what the government said is it only needs these clauses if it doesn't get the necessary agreements with the EU. And uh, and it might find a pretext to drop them, not least because it now knows that with President Biden, you know, going to be inaugurated in 10 weeks time, that the U.S. administration looks incredibly unfavorably on uh, on these actions. It was one of the things about the only thing that President Biden uh, to be has said about the UK was when he retweeted some objections from Congress to the internal market bill and made it pretty clear that any ambitions the government might have of a UK-US trade deal would be toast if they went ahead with these provisions.
0: Yeah, it's more like six weeks' time that President Biden, uh, Biden will be inaugurated. six weeks? I thought, it
1: was, yeah. I thought it was 77 days last week, so I was knocking seven days off, Well, knows?
0: Well, you might, you, you might have better information than me. Jan- I, it's the
1: 20th of January, so let's not count days. Yes. But anyway.
0: Exactly, exactly. So the election of President Biden, you know, it's already apparent that uh, President Biden's election has already made an impact or has focused minds on these Brexit conversations?
1: Well, he may have done. We don't really know the extent to which uh, to which he's changed things. So I think the outcome on the Brexit negotiations themselves will, uh, uh, will depend very much on a domestic political calculation. But Boris Johnson can't look over to Washington in the same way and think he has a clear ally over there. And I think that if, I think it's changed the political calculation a bit in that if we don't do a deal with the EU, I think that will probably mark us even further down in the US administration's viewpoint because they'll think, you know, who are these people who can't get an agreement with their biggest trading partner and their nearest neighbors. And, you know, they're much more supportive of European solidarity. That was a bit of an anathema to the Trump administration.
0: Having said that, the peers in the House of Lords will be very acutely aware, aware, being the unelected House, that they, um, they, we're virtually on the anniversary, are we not, of the great British public uh, deciding to get Brexit done, and one way or another, by hook or by crook, Uh, certainly the Prime Minister will want that done. And, you know, despite all the critique from the House of Lords, we'll we'll have something of a mandate from the great British public on this. Well,
1: it's really interesting because there's this normal convention that the House of Lords never votes down manifesto commitments because, as you rightly say, they are very aware that they're not elected, unlike the Commons. Um, But it's quite interesting what people think that mandate is for. So the Prime Minister's got Brexit done. He's taken the UK out of the EU. The basis on which he did that was the agreement that he negotiated last year. And that's the very agreement that the House of Lords, Michael Howard in his speech, are now pointing out the government is proposing to go back on. So I'm not sure that the House of Lords quite sees the fact that the government's got a mandate. I think quite a lot of people in the House of Lords say, actually, the mandate the government got, though I don't think many people read the fine print, the mandate the government got was for Brexit on these terms, not Brexit, which we then say, well, actually that was then, this is now and we are going to ditch the bits of that agreement that we didn't like and we only you know, signed up to thinking that was the way of getting us over the line. So I don't think that argument is going to cut as much ice as you might expect it to.
0: Of course, we are supposed to be leaving the European Union over the next few weeks. We haven't got an internal markets bill approved and we don't have. Um, uh, an agreement on trade between us as well. Somehow, though, you would expect over the next two or three weeks, some kind of a deal will emerge. Any idea what kind of a deal at this late stage?
1: Well, what we know is if there is a deal, it's a a, a pretty thin deal. Uh, it's the main thing that we'll get out of a deal is... Um, that there won't be tariffs, or very, very, very limited tariffs. It's always possible there won't be one or two, but there won't be tariffs on trade between the UK and the EU, and that's important. Uh, it's particularly important for sectors like agriculture because EU tariffs are very high on agriculture, uh, and we're going to. We've said we're going to have relatively high tariffs on agriculture as well, and we have to apply those tariffs if we don't have a trade deal. Um, Uh, also matter for things like cars and things like that. There'll also be, uh, although in any scenario, deal or no deal, there are going to be lots of changes. You'll see the government sort of being... Uh, upping its ad campaign reminding people they have to prepare they've got to prepare whether there's a deal or not a deal because there'll be new customs formalities there'll be new regulatory checks between the UK and the EU the EU's at the moment you know generally making it pretty clear those checks come in on day one the UK is phasing them in a bit more gradually over here Uh, so there's lots of preparations to do but there'll be some areas where it helps to have a deal for example you know it'll be easier for trucks to move goods between the uk and the eu if there's no deal then potentially there are very few truck permits available so the eu might make some more available for a short time but we don't quite know how that will work uh It would be easier for areas like aviation. The EU at the moment is saying we won't have access to the EU energy market. Uh, So there are lots of things that would be made easier with the deal. But it's nothing like the trading relationship that we have with the EU now. Uh, We're leaving the single market. We're leaving the customs union. So it's a very big change, deal or no deal.
0: And are there any other opportunities for the Lords to either scupper the deal or to critique it between now and and the point where we leave
1: no I mean the government will I don't think so really and um, the government will uh thinks it will have to bring in legislation uh to get the deal approved uh be interesting to see how they do that we don't know that yet uh they could just go through the normal treaty ratification period but the Time is getting very short to do that, but they they can do that very fast if they need to. But they may need to put some provisions into domestic law, which would mean in theory the Lords would have a chance to go at that. But I don't think you would ever get the Lords preventing a deal if the government had agreed one. Uh, So I don't think they would intervene on that. It would be a bit late in the day. And basically by the time the UK and the EU had done a deal, For the UK Parliament, it would be pretty much take it or leave it. There would be very little chance to go back. Because remember, last year, 2019, was the year of extensions. Uh, We've really lost all capacity to extend unless EU lawyers are very, very, very ingenious. So far, the EU lawyers have said there isn't a way of extending. Now, remember, back in the summer, the UK had the option of extending and didn't use it so that looks like pretty much whatever happens we're leaving on the 31st of december
0: jill rutter there from uk in a changing europe